0: And on today's episode, one of our listeners writes in, and they have a great question. And the question is, why are there times when I don't feel like reading the Bible? Well, you know, new and even younger Christians need to understand that sometimes they don't feel like reading the Bible for a variety of reasons. But that's also true of older, even more mature Christians. It's also true of elders and pastors. It's true of elderly Christians. It's true of every mature Christian. And the reality of it is that we're comprehensively and even incomprehensibly human beings. Our mind trick us. Our hearts deceive us. We don't even really understand why we feel the way that we do. We don't always even understand our own motives. We don't always know why we feel a certain way. I mean, why do we sometimes feel like we're reading a book and sometimes feel like watching a movie or watching a TV show? Why do we sometimes feel like working around the house and sometimes feel like sitting down and laying even down? On the sofa. Why do we sometimes feel like eating this or not eating that? These there are all sorts of reasons for all of these things, and we don't want to make reading the Bible as trivially as that. But but still, we do need to understand that we're very complex human beings with complex emotions. All of us with different ways of thinking about things, different sins in our hearts, different motives, different priorities. But when it gets right down to it, one of the reasons that we sometimes don't feel like reading the Bible is because sometimes it has been something sort of a pharisaical legalistic standard that people have put on us to make us feel like we have to read so many chapters in every day. We have to get through the Bible within a particular period of time. Oh, and we have to read so many chapters a day in order to get through it so that we can tell somebody that we've done it or that we have to fulfill a certain quota of reading the Bible. And sometimes it's been imposed on people to read a certain amount of the Bible in a certain amount of time. And that can make a lot of people feel like just giving up, not reading it, because they feel like they have to do it. It's a duty. And we want people to want to do it. We want people to read the Bible, not because they have to, but because they want to do it. They want to delight in the Lord It was given us his word, because they love to go to the Lord. They love to commune with the Lord. They love to read about the Lord as revealed in the word. But we all know that when we read the Bible, that the Bible also reads us, that it examines us, that, that when we begin to read the word of God, it confronts us, it convicts us, it shows us our sin. It helps us to see how much we really are in need of the grace of God. It helps us to see that we're not as maybe as good as we thought we were. It confronts our pride. It confronts our vanity. It confronts our arrogance. It confronts our presuppositions about God, about ourselves. It it reminds us of who we are. And it kind of puts us in our place. It reminds us that our God is a big God. He is a sovereign God. He is all-powerful. And even that is difficult. You see, because when we read the Bible and we we read of the sovereignty of God that gives us comfort, it also gives us a real sense of awe and a fear of the Lord because we have to acknowledge and even recognize what our great God is capable of accomplishing and doing through suffering, even through loss. I don't know about you, but that's that's often not easy for me. Well, you might think of a loss or a hardship. You might think of what what I have and, and realize that God could take it away too. And and perhaps when you look at the sufferings of Christ, you might realize that Paul tells us that we're going to share in the sufferings of Christ in some way in this life. And that might scare you. It might. It, it sometimes scares me, but it also makes me and reminds me run. and reminds me to run to the Lord. And when I read the stories of Jesus and even the teaching of Jesus, I'm confronted by his humility and his grace and realizing I don't always exemplify that grace and humility as a Christian leader. When I read the Bible, I'm convicted. It comforts me. It also convicts me. It gives me joy, but it also gives me a sobering awareness of who I am and the realities of this life, the realities of sinners, the realities of problems and divisions, and even issues in the church. And so the Bible is a real book for real people who are in many ways incomprehensible We're difficult to understand. So sometimes the reason it's difficult for us to read the Bible again, for all Christians at some level, maybe not every day, maybe not every moment, uh, many Christians shall find reading the Bible. They have a good routine and that's truly, truly wonderful. But there are times, you know, guaranteed that as old and as mature as a Christian might be, there are times when it's difficult. Especially when they suffer tragedy and trial, it can be difficult. And in those times, all they want to do is rest in communion with the Lord in prayer. But in doing that, those aged, mature, godly saints are oftentimes relying upon what they know from their decades of reading the Word of God and their prayers to God, thus doing exactly what God has called us to do when we read Scripture, to hide it in our hearts. And so what I, what I hope for people is that they would want to read the Word of God and that they would love reading the Word of God. They would love to hide it in their hearts. They would love to be able to meditate upon it in all of life, in all of their prayer, in all their communion with the Lord, that their knowledge of Scripture would naturally come out as naturally as waking and sleeping, eating and breathing. Well, I also want to help you in this episode to develop a passion for the Word of God Uh, Maybe you are struggling and maybe it's because you don't have a passion, you don't have a hunger, you don't have an appetite for the Lord. Well, in reading the word of God, you're growing in a relationship with the author of the word of God. For example, if a young woman received a love letter from her fiance, she would eagerly read it since she's in love with the letter's author. She would read it and reread those precious words, even reading between the lines to discover the rich fullness of her lover's message. Similarly, if we love God, we will delight in the inspired word of God. Psalm one nineteen, ten 10 through 11 says, With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Love God and love his love letter to you in the word of God. Second, have a personal relation with God. And even more basic than, than this loving God, the author of Scripture, the reader, and the interpreter of Scripture should strive to truly know God through the Lord Jesus Christ. You should have a deeper and even intimate knowledge with God who inspired Scripture through the Holy Spirit. And so it's vital to remember that joy comes through the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. If you truly want to know God in Christ Jesus and through the Spirit, you'll be more prepared to rejoice in your Bible study. Third, approach your Bible reading with worshipful awe. Now, it's vital to have a proper attitude and even a frame of mind and a heart as you open the Word of God. For example, God says in Isaiah 66 too, But this is the one to whom I will look. He who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. And here we see that the one who comes to the word should have a humble, even a contrite, and a fearful or respectful attitude to the word of God. You should approach it with a worshipful attitude, a fearful and respectful attitude, a submissive and yielding attitude, and a love for the God of the word. Fourth, consider it an amazing privilege to read and even study the word of God. Until the year 1500, the common person didn't have the scriptures in their own language. It took centuries before the Bible was translated and circulated in many of the world's languages. Today, you have a priceless gift in your hands. You can read the word of the living God and understand the scriptures yourselves, apart from false religious leaders centering what you read. With this privilege comes a tremendous responsibility. Fifth, develop a real interest as you read the word of God. Some people complain that their reading is so dry and even boring, but it doesn't need to be that way. Develop a captivating interest in what you're reading. Ask yourself, why did Peter deny Jesus in this passage? Why, why did the Pharisees react so vehemently against Jesus as he declared his relationship with the Father? What was the nature of the Judaizers that Paul seemed to regularly combat? Also, notice the choice of vocabulary, the connection between sentences, the development of the argument in each book. This is going to arouse your curiosity, awaken your interest, and give you joy as you read the Word of God. Six, ask the Lord to give you true joy as you read the word. See, we know that spiritual joy is the fruit of the spirit that comes through Jesus Christ. Ask God to stimulate this joy in your heart as you open yourself to his divine word. Seventh, find a quiet place and spend time, quality time, reading the Word of God. You should be undisturbed in your reading so that you can think through the text as you read it. Don't allow background noise, music, TV programs, conversations to disturb your concentration. Even a crying baby can interfere with your focus on the biblical text. Find a time when you're alone and also a time when you're most awake and alert in your reading of the Word. For some, this might be 5 a.m., for others, it might be 10 p.m., while for others, Others, it might be lunchtime or some other time during the day. Well, eighth, begin your time in the word with prayer. Before you begin to read verses or even chapters for the day, pause to ask God's blessing on your reading, the clarity of your thought and the conviction that the spirit brings through the word that he inspired. Psalm 119.18 says, Open my eyes that I may behold wonderful things from your law. You see, don't just rely on your reading ability. Depend on God to delight in you as you prayerfully read. Ninth, examine the Bible, portion carefully and prayerfully. Don't read the Bible as you would as cursory as you would read the newspaper. Recognize the, the scriptures are the inspired revelation of his will. Every word in the word of God has been inspired by the Holy Spirit and should be scrutinized with intensity. James 1.25 says, One who looks intensely at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides by it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer, this man will be blessed in what he does. Read to see and understand what the biblical writers wrote. Tenth, Determine to read for spiritual benefit for the Lord. Paul says this in Romans 15 4, whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction so that through perseverance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. You see the Bible, it gives us encouragement, but it also gives us warnings in 1 Corinthians 10 11, all of which are profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, and for training of righteousness. Scripture gives us wisdom that leads to salvation. The word of God nourishes us. It helps us to grow. And so if you keep the spiritual benefits of your Bible reading in mind, you can develop an unquenchable appetite for the word. This is going to bring real joy. Lastly, always remember that you are seeking to know God's will in the word and to obey it. And you should always bear in mind that you're not reading from your curiosity or to do your duty or to even compete with others. You are earnestly seeking to know what pleases God. We're going to be judged by Christ's words according to John twelve forty eight, and thus we should intently study that word to know it thoroughly and to apply it to our lives. The scriptures will keep us from sin as Psalm one nineteen eleven says, your word I have treasured in my heart that I might not sin against you. One time somebody wrote inside a Bible, the Bible will keep you from sin or sin will keep you from the Bible. You see, at times every Christian goes through periods where reading the Bible becomes a duty instead of a delight. But I believe by applying some of what I've talked about here today, you're going to find a fresh interest and a passion for reading and studying the Word of God, and that's going to help you to grow to be a man or a woman of godly character. And as you continue to grow in the Word of God and in the grace of Christ, you're going to come to have a burning desire to read, to study, to learn, and even to meditate on the Word. A.W. Tozer says the Bible is not an end of itself, but a means to bring men to an intimate and satisfying knowledge of God that they might enter into him and that they may delight in his presence, may taste and know the inner sweetness of the very God himself in the core and center of their hearts. And as this happens, you will come to have a real enjoyment of his word, a genuine delight, searching the scriptures and delight to understand and obey the word of God. Well, I want to thank you for listening or watching this episode of the Servants of Grace Theology segment. Until next week, may the Lord richly bless you and keep you. Thank you for listening to the Servants of Grace podcast today. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe.